President Trump is fighting in court to win another four years. But if that doesn't work out for him, he is not losing hope and he doesn't want you to lose hope either. It's been an amazing four years. We're trying to do another four years. Otherwise, I'll see you in four years. Otherwise, he'll see us in four years. The show keeps going on. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment from yesterday is from Haley, who says, if the founding fathers were alive, they would have voted for Trump. Unfortunately, they are dead, so they probably voted for Biden. This is true. That's something that the Biden campaign can brag about. I'm sure every single one of the founding fathers did vote for him. And they all moved to Pennsylvania, actually. I guess some of them were already there. That's where the Constitutional Convention was. You know, uh, Donald Trump is not giving up. (laughs) I I know there are so many questions. Is the Trump campaign going to win these legal battles? Well, they keep getting shot down in court. Well, is he going to, is it going to go to the Supreme Court? Are they going to keep fighting for four years? There is a lot of endurance that's being shown by the Trump campaign. By the way, if you want to keep up your endurance, you got to check out Liquid IV. Liquid IV for when you're out there, you're athletic. Uh, That doesn't really happen to me. But if you also maybe stay out late and have a few Coca-Colas with the boys, Liquid IV is a great way to stay hydrated. You know, cooler weather makes it easier to miss signs of dehydration, such as overheating or perspiration, which means that it's even more important to keep your body properly hydrated. With one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water, you will get two to three times the amount of hydration as plain water. The other great thing about liquid IV is that it tastes excellent. I was afraid that it was going to taste like some syrupy, awful, terrible concoction. It doesn't. All the flavors I've tried taste absolutely great. Perfect for staying hydrated this holiday season. Maybe you're going to be on a flight. Maybe you're going to be taking a long trip. Maybe you're going to be hitting the eggnog a little too hard. Who knows? Maybe you're going to be playing football with the family. In any case, stay hydrated. Seriously, you'll feel feel much, much better. Liquid IV's best-selling hydration multiplier now has three flavors. Watermelon, delicious, apple pie, even more delicious, or my personal favorite, guava. Liquid IV is available at Walmart in the beverage section, or you can save 25% right now. If you go to liquidiv.com and use code Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, at checkout, that is 25% off anything you order using code Michael at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. President Trump is pushing for four more years. He's going to duke this thing out in court, presumably until the electors vote on December 14th. And then if it doesn't work out, he'll run again. That's at least what he said at the White House Christmas party. Maybe he is just putting that out into the world. Maybe he doesn't really mean it. Maybe he's not really prepping a campaign. But this is the right attitude. I think right now, there are conservatives on both sides of this question who are missing the the right attitude. Some conservatives are saying, this is it. We're only going to fight for this. If we don't win this race, then we're not going to vote for senators. Then we're not going to vote in four years. Then we're going to basically give up on the political process. That's one side. The other side says, Trump's got to concede now. If he doesn't concede to Joe Biden, he's destroying the norms of our constitution. If he follows the constitutional process, he'll be behaving in such an unconstitutional way. Uh, No, both, both sides, I think, are wrong there. We need to fight and we need to acknowledge realities, and we need to remain courageous. We, mean, we need to remain hopeful, 
Hope is a theological virtue. We need to remain courageous. That is the prerequisite of all the other virtues. We can do all of those things at once. We, we need to fight this as though this is the battle, because this is the battle. But we need to recognize there are going to be other battles. We live in time. We live in space. If President Trump is looking ahead at the future and saying, okay, look, I want to win this. I feel we did win this. I feel there was a lot of fraud. I feel there was a lot of cheating. But guess what, buddy? If you guys do manage to win this at the level of the courts, you're not going to keep me down. I'm going to keep running again. That's the right attitude. Some conservatives are getting demoralized, including some of the most vocal defenders of President Trump. Sean Hannity on his program the other day was speaking with the lawyer Sidney Powell and Sean Hannity suggested that if Biden becomes president, if Donald Trump is on his way out, that he should issue a pardon for himself and for his family. I watched Andrew Weissman come out and literally say, oh, Biden's AG needs to go after Donald Trump. And I'm like, the president out the door needs to pardon his whole family and himself because they want this witch hunt to go on in perpetuity. They're so full of rage and insanity against the president. I mean, it's can, can the president, I, I assume that the power of the pardon uh, is absolute and that he should be able to pardon anybody that he wants to. It is absolute. It's in the Constitution. I don't know about his authority to pardon himself, but it should not be necessary. And aside from that, the president's going to get another four years in office to finish the job he started. So Sidney Powell is still really holding out hope we'll get in one second to uh, her legal strategy here. You'll recall that Sidney Powell is not working officially with the Trump legal campaign. Well, the Trump campaign is focusing on specific uh, matters of election fraud and unconstitutionality in Pennsylvania. Uh, Sidney Powell is pursuing this idea that there was a national, very widespread uh, hacking scheme to shift votes. So she's still pursuing that. But to Sean Hannity's point, seems to me that's not the right attitude to have. Due respect to Sean. I get it. It's true. The Biden legal team is going to try to go after Trump. They're going to have a lot of encouragement from the base to these frothing jackals of the Democratic base to, to go after Trump once he leaves office. But I don't think Trump should pardon himself because Trump hasn't done anything illegal. There, there would be nothing to pardon himself for. And, and, you know, I think that's sort of Hannity's point. He says, whatever they go after Trump for, he should just pardon himself now. I, I don't think that's how pardons work. We certainly haven't seen that sort of thing in American history. I think if Trump were to do anything of that sort, it would be giving in too much. It would be giving into despair and discouragement. It would be giving into fear, servile fear, by saying, I think they're going to come get me, so I exonerate myself. Of what? I don't know. But whatever they accuse me of, I didn't do it. <laughs> and it would be, in a way, an admission of guilt. Guilt, again, for what? I'm not quite so sure. In America, we do not have a political tradition of jailing our vanquished politicians, at least at the presidential level. And we don't have a, a tradition of jailing our political opponents in this country, even though some of them probably do deserve jail. Uh, for instance, some people who were the former, future, first female president four years ago. I, you know, those sort of people, there, there is evidence that they've done things that are illegal. We still don't put them in prison because that's what tin pot dictatorships do. That's what banana republics do. And we don't want to do that. If President Trump were to pardon himself, as Sean is describing here, it would be a, a sort of concession that we're now living in the world where we jail our political opponents once they leave the presidency. I don't think that's the right way to play it. I, I understand 
why people are reacting with such extremes to this legal process right now, either to saying the whole country is completely over or to saying that Trump's got to give up immediately or the country's over. It's because we don't like tension. I've noticed women especially don't like tension. They don't like apprehension. Uh, but generally, we, we all don't like uncertainty. And so we want to resolve the uncertainty, even if it resolves in a way that is unpleasant, even if it resolves in a way that, would, that we're fearing, even if it resolves to the point that we're now saying we jail our political opponents once they leave the presidency. But they just, because we don't like the apprehension, we just want some conclusion. So we don't need to be in suspense. Life is lived in suspense. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. Patience is a virtue. And if you, if you keep up that sort of attitude where you say, oh, okay, you're going to do your worst to me. You're going to completely vanquish me. You think you've vanquished me? I don't think so. I'll see you in four years. That is a winning strategy. That is courage. Now, you heard Sidney Powell on that clip mention that she is convinced that there is this nationwide election fraud. And not just that there's nationwide election fraud, but that they will prove this in court and President Trump will get another four years in office, which she's describing a sort of confidence here that I think even President Trump is not necessarily displaying. So what is her evidence? The election fraud we are uncovering is massive, and uh, there were foreign actors involved in our system. Uh, people from Germany and Serbia and China were all in our election the night it happened. So I have no doubt that foreign actors tried to interfere in the election. I'm not sure exactly how they did it. This, this was, by the way, our response in 2016. The left said that the Russians tried to interfere in the presidential election. And some conservatives, I guess, deny that. But I, I don't deny that the Russians tried to interfere. Foreign actors tried to interfere in every single election. The question is, how successful were they? With the, the so-called Russiagate, they bought $100,000 worth of Facebook ads. Media companies spend that in a week on Facebook ads. That, that doesn't, that's nothing. That's not going to affect it. Now, Sidney Powell's claim is that these foreign actors were actually going and hacking the voting system, shifting the votes. Again, I have no doubt that they would do it if they could. I have no doubt that they are that corrupt and they want to, to mess up our system. The question is, can you prove it? And time is ticking. You know, we have, what, less than 10 days now until, no, about, I guess about 10 days until the electors vote. So how much longer before we, uh, how much longer do we have to wait? How much longer do we have to be in the suspense and apprehension to see this evidence of the hacking? It's, it's not enough to say, I have a hunch that this happened. Sure. It's not enough to say this could have happened. Absolutely. It could have happened. You have to prove it with certain, that's just a descriptive fact of our political and judicial system. You've got to prove it with a high degree of persuasion. And so far we haven't seen that happen. So I hope that she brings the goods, but as of now, we haven't seen it. Now there is specific evidence of fraud in, in certain cases, not even just at the presidential level. In one congressional race in New York involving a congressional candidate that I actually know personally, the two candidates, the Democratic incumbent and the Republican challenger are separated by 12 votes want to talk about your vote mattering, want to talk about uh, going out there, even if it's a system that's vulnerable to fraud. So New York's 22nd congressional district, you've got the Republican Claudia Tenney has a 12 vote lead over the Democratic incumbent, Anthony Brindisi. And that's good news, right? Because that means Claudia is going to win. The Republican's going to win. We're all good. It's been, it's been almost a month now since 
the elections. I think we should be able to count our ballots by now. We're talk about a tin pot dictatorship. We can't even count our ballots within a month. Well, no, we have to keep counting the ballots until the Democrat wins. Claudia has a 12 vote lead. Well, guess what? Conveniently, they just found a batch of 55 ballots. They were hidden. I don't know where they were. They were underneath the mail truck or something. They just found this batch. The uh, Chenango County attorney, Alan Gordon, said that election officials determined that of these 55 ballots found, 44 of them are valid. Now, the, the other way to read that is 11 of these votes were fraudulent, were ineligible. Uh, how'd they end up there? So 44 are valid. 44 could swing, swing an election easily if the election is right now hanging by 12 votes. So uh, this uh, county attorney has advised the Board of Elections to secure the ballots, leave them unopened in their offices, and obviously throw out the ones that are illegitimate, but now 44 ballots. I hope they're unopened. I hope that they're legitimate ballots. I hope that they weren't just being held in case they were needed by the Democrats. But when the votes trickle in and trickle in and trickle in, until the Democrats win. That, that does not give us confidence in the system. It, it, it discourages us in some way because we feel like we can't win, but they're still fighting. Claudia Tenney is still fighting. And there's a lot of uncertainty right now, uh, of course, uh, but do we want to just throw up our hands or do we want to actually try to secure our future? One way to secure your future when, when there's a lot of uncertainty is to invest in gold. Now there's a, there's a difficulty with investing in gold. I, I enjoy investing in precious metals. The trouble is gold is expensive. Gold has been skyrocketing. I don't know if you've been paying attention to that recently. So gold is expensive. You can't usually just go down to the local dime store and buy a bar of gold. You probably don't have that cash lying around. Well, Acre has figured out this brilliant way to invest in gold. You can invest in gold bars for just $30 a month. But Michael, gold costs more than $30. Yes, I know. What you do, you uh, subscribe. It's $30 a month to Acre. And then once your stash has reached the amount of the gold bar, Acre will discreetly ship you the physical gold to your home. So you get actual physical gold. Very important, especially when times are crazy, especially when people uh, don't know that they can rely on, on the systems. It's just a good hedge against a lot of uncertainty. I've always enjoyed investing in precious metals. Right now, by the way, Acre just recently introduced their new $100 per month subscription for their five gram gold bar. Visit getacregold.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. Start investing in physical gold today. Make sure you go to this URL because Acre is giving away a gold bar. That's a good thing. I'd like to win a gold bar. Uh, the way to qualify is to tweet or post why you should be the recipient and mention at get underscore Acre. That is getacregold.com slash Knowles. And thank you, Acre Gold, for supporting the show. There is evidence of shenanigans, of irregularities. But I, I don't think we should just throw up our hands. You know, some people, not President Trump, President Trump is saying, go out, keep up the fight, vote for the Republicans in Georgia, make sure we hold the Georgia Senate seats, so therefore we will hold the Senate majority. He's saying that. There are some people who are saying, don't even vote in Georgia don't uh, justify, don't legitimize this fraudulent voting system. I completely sympathize with that point of view. I empathize with it, I guess, because it feels as though in many places where it counts, the system is rigged. Conveniently, a pipe bursts and oh, we got to stop counting. Go home, poll watchers at 1030. Oh, hey guys, maybe you can keep counting now that those Republicans are gone. Oh, look, it's going to the Democrats. 
in Pennsylvania. Oh, got sorry, we're not allowed to have Republican poll watchers here in New York with Claudia's race. Oh, look, Claudia's winning. Well, we just found another batch of votes. I get it. It's easy to just want, throw your hands up in the air. That is not going to be an, a winning strategy going forward because we are still going to live here and either we're going to have, <laughs> well, if Joe Biden does become president, either we're going to have bad government or if he becomes president with a Republican or a Democratic Senate majority, we're going to have really bad government. And if we just check out of the process altogether, we're going to have really, really, really bad government. So you've got to, you've got to pick the lesser of these two bad situations. Uh, ben is actually going to be talking about this on the show. He's going to be talking about this move to sort of throw up your hands and not vote in Georgia and why it's important that we actually do vote in Georgia. Now, there are other ways to challenge the election, even beyond the electoral college voting. So the electoral college votes on December 14th, then the Congress is going uh, to have the opportunity to challenge that vote. It's another phase in the process. And Alabama Republican Representative Mo Brooks is telling his colleagues that he plans to challenge the results of the electoral college vote if the body votes to certify Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden as the next president. Uh, Now, how does this work? The electoral college votes then if a member of the House and a member of the Senate uh, raise this objection and challenge the Electoral College vote, this opens up the floor to debate. Uh, the, the, the floor of the House and the Senate will have to deliberate on this matter. Okay, fine, that's a great last-ditch effort. But if it comes to that, then that last-ditch effort and $1.50 will get you a cup of coffee. The House is in Democratic control. The Senate I hope remains in Republican control. We'll we'll see in January. It would be a strong way to basically scream against the wind, but it probably would not accomplish very much. And right now, we need to keep up the fight for the presidency and for the Senate, but we also have to look at probabilities and realities so that we can make the most of our time right now. This is something that Bill Barr is doing. So we mentioned yesterday that Bill Barr came out and said so far he hasn't seen evidence of widespread hacking, the sort of the fraud that, that Sidney Powell is talking about. He, he since came out, by the way, and tempered that statement. He said, I'm not saying there's no fraud that went on. I'm not, saying there's, I'm not even saying there's not enough fraud to overturn the election. I'm just saying we have not seen it yet. Bring it to me, you know, bring it on, please, please. But in the meantime, Bill Barr did something behind the scenes that I think is very important. You've heard of the John Durham investigation. This is a criminal investigation into the origins of the Russia hoax and into wrongdoing at the FBI and the DOJ and the deep state, the blob, right? There's a big worry here that if Joe Biden becomes president, there goes John Durham, there goes the investigation. We're not going to find out how the Russia hoax started. We're not going to find out if Joe Biden was involved in that because there's a lot of evidence that he was or that Susan Rice was involved in that or that Barack Obama was involved in that, that they had direct knowledge. So what Bill Barr just did, and he did it surreptitiously, is he made John Durham a special counsel. You remember special counsel. It's the the same procedure that created the Mueller investigation. The special counsel has much more latitude to conduct an investigation What this means is that if Joe Biden does become president, he's not going to be able to fire John Durham so easily. So there's a greater chance that we'll get some results. Again, I don't have a great deal of faith. We're always, we're always told that these investigations are going to uncover corruption and all these guys are getting hauled off to jail, which probably is not even a great idea anyway, but you do want them to face consequences. You do want them to, to face justice, especially these lower level guys, John Brennan, 
clapper. These, these guys actually probably should see an orange jumpsuit. And, and then it just doesn't turn out that way. Then they, they come up with nothing. When it's Democrats alleging it, they come up with nothing. Even when it's Republicans, they come up with nothing. But at the very least, this gives us a chance. We're in this state of, of anticipation. We're in this state of not knowing. Okay, fine. We've got to drag that out when that is the best option that we have. We can also take an important opportunity right now to break up the left-wing educational cartel. This is something that uh, Betsy DeVos, the education secretary, has been working on. You're seeing this go into overdrive right now. When there is chaos about, you need to set up some insurance policies, okay? And well, one way to ensure your family's safety, by the way, is ReadyWise. ReadyWise, a better time than ever to be prepared with long-term nutritional food options. ReadyWise has a ton of options, including emergency meals, freeze-dried fruits and vegetables for convenient on-the-go nutrition, and new adventure meals for hiking, camping, and other outdoor activities. ReadyWise tastes great. They make being prepared simple and affordable. You order online, you have nutritious meals shipped directly to your doorstep. Right now, given everything that's going on, uh, there is increased demand, so supplies are limited. Some items may currently be out of stock. Get prepared now. (laughs) When trouble strikes, that is not the time to get prepared. That's the definition of prepared, right? You got to do it beforehand. Just do it now. It's peace of mind. You'll feel better. You'll feel safe. Your family will feel safe. Uh, Don't put this off. Don't put yourself in a situation where you need food during an emergency and you don't have it. Get ready today. ReadyWise makes being prepared simple and affordable. Uh, It's very, very easy. All you need is four cups of water. The water doesn't even need to be hot. You then uh, pour the food into the water, stir it, cover it. 15 minutes later, the meal is ready. Some meals can even be prepared directly in the pouch, which eliminates the need for additional supplies. This week, my listeners can get free shipping at ReadyWise.com when entering Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, at checkout or by calling 855-453-2945. ReadyWise has a 90-day no-questions-asked return policy. There is no risk taking the initiative to get yourself and your family prepared today. That is R-E-A-D-Y-W-I-S-E.com, promo code Knowles, to get free shipping. Right now, amid all of the unfair things going on, the lockdown, we're locking down again, aren't we? And the people who are locking down, these Democratic governors and mayors, aren't abiding their own lockdown orders. Gavin Newsom is having Michelin-rated meals at the French Laundry. You have the LA County supervisor saying, we need to shut down, it's not safe. And then two hours later, she goes and has dinner in Santa Monica. It's very, very frustrating. But don't get demoralized. There are opportunities in crisis. There are silver linings, even to storm clouds. Betsy DeVos pointed out that higher education, lower education too, though, right now, amount basically to socialist indoctrination (laughs) and that what the government is attempting to do, if there is a Biden administration, is not just, we're not just talking about what is being taught in schools, left-wing ideology, but the, the actual move by the government to install a socialized takeover of the educational system. Policy should never entice students into greater debt, nor should they put taxpayer dollars at greater risk. There are too many politicians today who support policy that does both. Still more advance the truly insidious notion of government gift giving. We've heard shrill calls to cancel, to forgive, to make it all free. Any innocuous label out there can't obfuscate what it really is. Wrong. The campaign for free college is a matter of total government control. 
make no mistake, it is a socialist takeover of higher education. Now, depending on your personal politics, some of you might not find that notion as scary as I do. But mark my words, none of you would like the way it will work. Absolutely right. I know that people bandy about the word socialism and sometimes they use it incorrectly. Maybe often they use it incorrectly. Betsy DeVos is not using it incorrectly here. What the government is talking about, the government already has a role in education. There are public schools and obviously public state colleges. What, what the government is talking about now, what the Biden team is talking about, is giving, giving out free education. Well, what does free education mean? Free education means that the government will control the entire higher education system. And it might be through a few layers, so it might not seem direct, but, but he who pays the piper calls the tune. And if the government does get involved in that, that is a full-on government takeover of education. That is a socialist power grab. What can we do now to prevent that? Well, we can keep fighting in court. Hopefully we prevent the Biden administration. Well, we can keep fighting, hopefully prevent a democratic Senate so that they don't, they don't have the ability to pass this kind of radical legislation. They'll just do it from the bureaucratic level, but they'll be more hampered that way. What else can we do? We can, we can vote with our feet, or I suppose vote with our wallets and break up this educational cartel. You are seeing this right now. I said it was the silver lining of the lockdowns that public school attendance is down. Everybody's complaining about this. The students are falling behind. Yeah, that's true. They might not be learning their arithmetic, although if it's common core math, then maybe it's good they don't learn that. It, it also means they're not going to be learning their radical left ideology. It also means they're not going to be learning the 1619 project that teaches them to hate their country. It also means that you're going to see new educational opportunities, homeschooling, uh, different pod learning communities, parochial schools growing, private schools, charter schools. That's what we need to do. We need to take that up to the college level as well. It, it, I understand that people still feel that going to college is always 100% of the time the way to get a good credential, to get you a better job. I think that is becoming less and less true every day. I'm a defender of liberal education. I know there are a lot of conservatives who say, don't worry about education. Don't, you know, if you're going to go to school, major in engineering or something. I'm not one of those guys. I think if you go to school, you should very likely major in English or history or philosophy. I am a total defender of liberal education and the liberal arts. But that's not what you're getting at most of these colleges, and the price tag is way too high to justify it. I don't think the point of college is to go out and get a job. It's actually the opposite. It's to learn things that are not practically useful at all. They're just useful in helping you make sense of your freedom. That's why it's called the liberal arts. But you're not getting that. You should at the very least get that, and you're not. You're not getting that at all. So break it up. Break it up. What's the point? More and more employers I'm seeing don't care if you have a certain special college degree. More and more, I'm no, because those college degrees are increasingly not reflecting the, the skill set that they were supposed to reflect. So, it, so that is falling apart. This is an opportunity to, to break that down. You know, it's, it's, it's very difficult to break away from an old system, but th that is what's happening. There's an old system crumbling around us. We need to have courage. We need to have perseverance. Even if it looks like the empire strikes back, we need to fight back against this. We need new maybe self-directed educational opportunities, such as the ones with my friends at thinker.org. You know thinker.org. If you watch my book show at PragerU, you've heard of Thinker. Thinker uh, summarizes the key ideas from new and noteworthy nonfiction, giving you access to an entire library of great books in bite-sized form. These are best-selling books. Think of uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, Jordan Peterson's best-selling 12 Rules for Life. They will summarize them 
Uh, they'll give you the key bits of information. Thinker offers a large variety of titles from many categories, current affairs, politics, business, education, history, relationships. You will even find Ben Shapiro's right side of history and Matt Walsh's The Unholy Trinity, but it doesn't stop there. Hopefully they'll have my book on there too, the one with words when it comes out. If you want to challenge your preconceptions, if you want to expand your horizons, if you want to sound smart at cocktail parties, most important of all, go to thinker, T-H-I-N-K-R.org, start a free trial and download the app today. Let them know that you heard about them on the Michael Knowles Show. That is thinker, T-H-I-N-K-R, no E, no time for that, dot org. Uh, we have got a lot more to get to here. There have been fears of a great reset uh, with the lockdowns, with the way that the establishment is trying to build back better and all these kind of creepy slogans. Uh, well, we're, we're starting to see that come to fruition with the notion of vaccine passports. That is no longer just a tinfoil hat fear. That is no longer the stuff of dystopian science fiction novels. That would appear to be implemented now in parts of the United Kingdom. Uh, head on over to dailywire.com right now. If you haven't ordered them yet, you have to go order them. The Daily Wire Christmas ornaments. Uh, the, these were made by a longtime viewer of the Daily Wire and uh, all access member and friend of ours. Uh, they look great. Uh, they are all of the Daily Wire hosts, plus a little tiny Jasper, as elves. Uh, they are really well printed. They're on a uh, nice metal ornament. You need to have us hanging on your tree. Text Christmas to 83400. That is a Christmas to 83400 to get your tree decorated. They are going very, very fast. Get yours now. We'll be right back with a lot more. We're back. Let's reset and let's get ready for the great reset that our elites are trying to foist upon us. This term reset is, is not just the stuff of fevered conspiracy theories. You, you have heard uh, leaders around the world use this phrase with regard to the lockdown. It did occur to me early on in the lockdown that as, as the rules were always changing and the justification was always changing, we needed to lock down to to slow the spread or flatten the curve. Then we did flatten the curve and they said, no, we need to find a cure. And we do have a cure, I guess, with these vaccines, 95% effective, but we're still locking down again. It just seemed like the justification was always changing. It occurred to me, the coronavirus lockdowns basically gave the left the Green New Deal. Isn't that strange? Cut down emissions by a whole lot, uh, gave the government much more control than it had, set up massive spending schemes, massive redistribution of wealth, all in the name of this global threat that we're all going to die from, even though it has a very, 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 very high survival rate. We're all going to die unless you give us a lot of power, un unprecedented power from the perspective of the United States and a lot, a lot of money. This is the same argument for the Green New Deal. The world is going to end if you don't give us all the power and all the money. And when's it going to end? I don't know. It's going to end in, what did she say? She said 12 years, AOC. But that was a couple years ago, so now it's 10 years, I guess. Uh, I, I promise you the world is not going to end in 10 years. I think it's very unlikely. Uh, if it is, I'll, you know, I'll owe you each 100 bucks or something. Uh, Prince Charles, who's uh, hysteric when it comes to, to the uh, global warming alarmism, he said a number of years ago that the world was going to end in 18 months. <laughs> and uh, 
still here as far as, as far as we can tell, but it's the same argument. It's fundamentally the same argument. And now these fears are becoming even more real for this so-called reset. Uh, Wales in the United Kingdom is implementing something akin to a vaccine passport from the Welsh health minister, Vaughn Gething. He says, those receiving a COVID-19 vaccination will be given a credit card sized National Health Service Wales immunization card, which will have the vaccine name, date of immunization, and batch number of each of the doses given, handwritten on them. Huh? What? Why am I getting an identification card to tell me that I've had this vaccine that has just come out? It's not even available to the public yet. What, what would I need that for? Now, of course, the health minister here says, oh, it's, free. it's just for your own good. It's just to remind you. He says, these, these cards will act as a reminder for the second dose and for the type of vaccine. It will also give information about how to report side effects. Okay, well, I don't need to carry a card around to have a phone number. I can just put that on my phone. Uh, this comes amid concerns, though, that uh, British businesses, not even just the government, but businesses, will start to require proof of vaccination as a condition of entering their businesses. This has been suggested a lot before. Now, you're going to see a lot of arguments crop back here because notice that it won't be the government leading the mandates for the vaccine passport. It will be businesses and there will be some maybe more libertarian-minded conservatives who will say, oh, well, it's just business. Businesses are free to do whatever they want as long as it's not the government forcing me to take this vaccine and carry around proof of it all the time. As long as it's not the government, it's totally fine. And you will have conservatives saying, no, I don't think so. I don't care if my life is being upended and my civil rights taken away and my uh, traditions destroyed and my society wrecked and my family broken up. I don't care if it's the, the government doing that or big business doing that or anyone else doing that. I don't want that to happen. I don't want to, if, if I am prevented from engaging in our society without this vaccine or a proof of the vaccine by business or the government, the end result is the same. And I, I don't really care the mechanism. I don't really care about the procedure. I don't want that to happen. I do not deny. I think, I think conservatives actually go a little bit wrong when they deny that the government has the right to make you do extraordinary things in the name of emergencies. That's what the police power is for. That's how we had this whole lockdown foisted on us in the first place, because the government does have the legitimate police power. The government has the right to force you to take a vaccine, for goodness sakes. It seems extreme, but there have been court cases to this effect. So I think we, we need to stop arguing from this abstract perspective and just say it's rights. They have no right to do it. It's the government's bad. Business is good. Whatever this abstraction is, and get down into the particulars. I know that that, you know, that involves more apprehension or involves more uncertainty. Okay, that's where battles are fought and won. That's where life is lived. The government has the right to certain police powers. Yeah, totally grant that. Government even has the right to force someone to be vaccinated during an epidemic. Okay, sure. Fine. I'm not even going to fight that. I don't want this. I don't want the government to force everybody to take this vaccine. I don't want big business to force everybody to take this vaccine. I don't want to be required to carry a vaccine passport. I'm not making an abstract argument about that. I'm making a narrow political argument. I, as far as I can tell, we the people still have some voice in our government that hasn't totally been taken away. John Ossoff, who's, who's running for the Senate in Georgia, espoused the view of the Democrats if they get power, which is we need to take more power away from we the people, need to give it over to experts who know so much better than we know ourselves. Uh-uh, 
Not yet. I'm not willing to concede that yet. We still have a right to express the way that we want to live in our politics, in our society. And I don't want that. I think we need to push back against that. You're, you are starting to see this, by the way. You're seeing business owners push back against this. You're seeing people go out in the streets and show up to bars and show up to restaurants. And they're not, it's not like BLM. They're not going in and, you know, peacefully stealing Gucci handbags and Nike sneakers. They're going and they, they want to keep their businesses open and they want to frequent their favorite businesses and they want to see their family and they want to see their friends. The great reset, such as it is, will in, not come out overnight as some total dystopian overturning of society. It will be a gradual process like the frog in the boiling water. The temperature goes up and up and up and you don't realize how much danger you're in until it's boiling. The Great Reset, whatever that means, is going to be a reframing of the country. The country right now is broadly considered a center-right country and has been for some time. Uh, it seems less and less true each day as we radically redefine reality, marriage, uh, sexuality itself, as we redefine the family, as we redefine our relationship to the government. I mean, it's, it's seeming less and less that way all the time. But if, if we were a center-right country, the way that we're going to reframe it is we're going to continue to say we're a center-right country, but the politics is going to move far to the left. Jennifer Rubin, one of the most dishonest <laughs> columnists in America, Jennifer Rubin at the Washington Post, who pretends to be a conservative. She's a far-left radical liberal, and she actually calls herself a conservative. Jennifer Rubin says that the, the country is center-right, and the Biden administration, if it and a sense to the presidency, will be center-right. Headline of her piece, Joe Biden's personnel picks engender no legitimate GOP gripes. She writes, I kid you not, President-elect Joe Biden has selected a flock of experienced center-right nominees for top positions, progressive enough to reassure most Democrats and reasonable enough to impress conservative policy wonks. When it looks more certain how this presidential race will play out. You know, it's, it is getting more certain by the day, unfortunately. We can go through all of the Biden picks. He hasn't named too many yet, I think because he doesn't want to spook people. I think he, he wants it. Uh, he wants to just put out a few picks and then wait and see when it looks like he's going to win this, the court cases for sure. It looks like he's going to win the electoral college for sure. Then I think he'll come out and be honest about how radical these guys are. But already you see pictures with some of his personnel picks wearing hammer and sickle hats. I kid you not. <laughs> wearing a hammer and sickle. Or some of his picks now, uh, for instance, his pick for the office of management and budget. Radical left. Very, very far left. These are not center-right people. But they, they could be center-right if, if you take the framing from, say, Barack Obama on the left to Donald Trump on the right, then these Joe Biden picks are radical left. But if you take the framing from, let's say, Donald Trump on the right and uh, Karl Marx on the left, <laughs> or AOC, or Lenin, or I don't know, Che Guevara on, on the left, then all of a sudden the picks do seem center right because you've moved the extremes. You've, you've moved, excuse me, You've moved the edges so, so far that now the Biden picks seem legitimate. You're seeing this on Wikipedia actually too. So there was an article on Wikipedia put up by one of their editors called Rewriting Wikipedia. This went up by one of their pseudonymous editors, News Slinger. 
talking about how Wikipedia is anti-conservative. We all know this. If you, if you ever looked at most conservatives, I would say at this point, who are given a Wikipedia page, they're called conspiracy theorists. They're called spreaders of fake news. They always, they attack my page. They attack Daily Wire's page. They attack every, Charlie Kirk, whoever, all these guys. And so people have been complaining about this. And we've said Wikipedia is, is a left-wing news source. Well, Wikipedia comes out and they said, no, actually Wikipedia is center-right because of some study from a Harvard center, the Berkman Klein Center report identified Wikipedia as a center-right website on the candidate valence scale throughout the 2016 U.S. elections. And I'm sure that there are going to be other arguments that you hear. Oh, yes, according to PolitiFact, uh, Wikipedia is center-right. Oh, yes, according to AOC, Wikipedia is center-right. Okay, it's not center-right according to me. That's going to be a reframing. And it, it doesn't feel quite as satisfying to just gradually try to pull the country back to the right. But that is what conservatives do. We are not radicals. We are not even revolutionaries. We are conservatives. We want gradual change because gradual change will be lasting change. And that's where life exists. The left did not just win an election and thereby take the culture. The left embarked on a decades-long march through the institutions, took over higher education, took over the media, took over Hollywood, took over technology. The big tech, as we know it today, is really, what, about 30 years old? They took it over completely. All of these institutions, they went in, they worked, they did this grunt work, we don't know many of the names of these radicals who took it over because they just were, were nobody, right? They were just functionaries of the left-wing cause. And all of a sudden you wake up and the country's much, much further to the left. Well, we have to do a similar sort of thing. Occasionally, occasionally, we can push back on these guys. And it's, it's not always going to be successful. Sometimes it is, though. Candace Owens just got this, actually. Candace Owens made the perfectly accurate statement the other day on Facebook that Joe Biden is not the president-elect. I've made this statement too. People excoriate me for it. It is simply a fact that Joe Biden is not the president-elect. Well, she was censored. She was called a liar by PolitiFact. PolitiFact, the objective, neutral, probably center-right fact-checking. Right now, it's left-wing. Why did they call her a liar? I don't know, because they said, oh, the, the media called the race, and oh, it looks like he's going to get all these votes. Candace did not just roll over. Candace lawyered up, threatened to sue them, and PolitiFact offered a rare correction. She offered this correction. They, they offered this correction. They said, whoopsie daisy, we've gone back and looked and said, oh yes, we've now corrected this. Okay. Well, this is important because these fact-checking websites, quote unquote, left-wing websites like, like PolitiFact are involved in determining what gets censored on social media platforms. So social media platforms pretend that they've got these neutral uh, fact checkers who are, you know, hand, and they throw their hands up in the air. But no, they partner with these left-wing organizations. And so we've got to push back. And you know what? If you push back against them, you are going to fail not just nine out of 10 times. You're probably going to fail 99 out of 100 times. But if you just keep it up, eventually, eventually, you might succeed. You can also vote with your feet. Right, right now, we've learned that Hewlett Packard is leaving California. Uh, they announced this on Tuesday. Hewlett-Packard is currently located in San Jose, California. They are going to move to Texas. Why? Because Texas imposes a 0.75% franchise tax on business margins. California imposes an 8.85% corporate tax. 8.85%. Not to mention 
that Texas has no individual income tax compared to California's current top rate of 13.3%, which is now expected to rise to 16.3% very soon. It's a state tax. You know, we moved to, to Tennessee. Right now I'm in Washington, D.C. because we, we shot some episodes of Verdict with Senator Ted Cruz. But when I go back to Tennessee, I will not be paying any state uh, income taxes. Very important stuff because there are a lot of people fleeing California now. I mean, these states, Tennessee, Texas, they're filling up because you can vote with your feet. Now, is that going to change the culture overnight? No. But there are these modest gains that you can make. And if you just show that you're not going to back down, that will have a far greater effect maybe than you expect. If you look these crooks in the eye and you say, I think I won this election. I think that the system for a number of reasons was made vulnerable to fraud and not just that, but it was illegitimate. And in some, some cases in Pennsylvania, it was unconstitutional the way it was set up. And I think that we need to challenge this election in the courts. And you keep that up and you look and they say, no, we're going to take it from you. No, we're, Biden's going to win. No, according to the system. And you look at them and you say, okay, I'm going to keep fighting you. But you know what? If you beat me on this bat, I'll see you again in four years. I'm not giving up. Do not give up, no matter how daunting the odds. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Assistant director, Pavel Wadowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. And production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. Hey everyone, it's Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. Donald Trump has gone to the people to make his case that the election was rigged. We will take a close look at what he said and what it means. We will know the truth, and the truth will set us free on The Andrew Claven Show. <laughs>